What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hey, What You Watching, the weekly podcast where Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 89. I drink your podcast, and it's our special Halloween episode. So, so spooky. How are you, Marcelo? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great. I'm doing spooktacular. Yes, I got you to use that word. As soon as I've said it, I regret it because it sounds like a racial <laughs> slur. I apologize. What spooktacular? You know, that's part. That's probably you know a, a, a continuation from the last episode. I think that's why I don't like the word spooky because because you don't like government agents. <laughs> that too. You don't but like hey, spooks. Enough of that. Let's stop using that word. This is the Halloween episode. <laughs> uh, this will be dropping the week of Halloween. Matt. Yes. Do you, what? You know, as this, as people are listening to this, they're you know probably out, you know, getting ready, putting their costumes on, trick or treating with the kids, with the kids. being a cool mom, hopefully, <laughs> and a cool dad. You know, hopefully they're not just going out trick or treating by themselves, like they're you know twenty, thirty years old. Let's not do that. You know, um, then I will cancel my plans. <laughs> <laughs> or do do that. I don't know. Is that is that social? Is that uh, a, a thing kids do in their twenties? They're not kids. I'm thirty. What's going well, on? if you have like if you have like nieces and nephews, you can get away with it. Yeah, sure, but nobody you know twenties or thirties they're going to go out, you know, trick or treating. That's just insane, right? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I've always wanted to just go out again and just do it just for the hell of it. Put on a costume and like go to my neighbor's house and be like trick or treat, and they're like, "Get out of here, you're I guess, old." <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, what's stopping you? Like what? Why, exactly. Why? Why can't you do that? Why? There's, why? Do there's this? no law against begging for candy. Exactly. I mean, I, the, I know. I know. I'm an adult, and I can purchase it at any opportunity I have. The societal norms have stopped. Because, uh, like, when's the last time you trick or treated, Matt? Just by yourself. By my, I never went by myself. I always went with friends. Well, with friends, you know what I mean. Just oh, I don't know. Maybe uh, freshman year of high school. Freshman year of high school, yeah, that's. I think I stopped a long time ago. I think I stopped like middle school. So. I don't know. We liked. I like candy. <laughs> <laughs> I I. I'm staring at a candy bowl right now that's filled with Reese's uh, peanut butter bats, and uh, I'm like so tempted to just start eating them. So you are gonna have a party at your place, right? Yes, we're having a nice uh, Halloween get together. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. I have a uh, Halloween uh, playlist ready for the music, and we're gonna be just playing weird ass horror movies. You should. Play this podcast at the Halloween party. No, that's gonna just kill the mood. <laughs> Do it, and I can, you know, if you okay, Matt. How about this? No, we're we're gonna play weird Halloween movies. If I you, know that. If you promise to play this during your Halloween party, I will add like Halloween sound effects to this episode. Like, <laughs> that would be funny, like creaking doors and like doors, rattling chains, chains. And bats, <laughs> like a ghost saying "ooh." I'll add all those. Someone's someone screaming from the cellar. So yeah, so you can add, you can put this on as as atmosphere. Uh, I don't want to do that. Just, <laughs> oh come on! I spent a lot of time making my spooky playlist. Uh, what's on your spooky playlist? A uh, lot of White Zombie, a lot of Black Sabbath, uh, a lot of like John Carpenter themes. Uh, some Elvira tracks. Yeah, it's it's fun. Did you also say you're going to play a movie? Yeah, the, one of them I'm going to put on is called Sweet Home. It's from the late 80s. It's from Japan, and it's uh, one of the craziest movies I've seen. So that'll be fun. Ooh. Uh, why wasn't I invited to this? Because you live in Texas. What? I, could... I wasn't, I wasn't going to ask you to fly up here for a day. Well, you could, you could have still asked. You, 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 would Marcella, would you like to come to my Halloween party? No, I'm not going to go. 
Exactly. No. Anyway, <laughs> that's turd. a knife. You turd. A knife. That's enough polite conversation. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, uh, this is coming out the week of Halloween. Uh, the episodes are out of order. It's my fault. Uh, it's fine. You know, in maybe a few weeks' time, we'll all be caught up. But yeah, uh, it would seem like we, you know, this show has ended because like we haven't had an episode out in like six weeks. But it's been less than that. Uh, it's just been about like five weeks. But hey, you know, we've been recording since the last episode, so we have been recording other episodes. There, I mean, there are, there are episodes out there, so. There's uh, another podcast out there too. Yeah, that's right. We've been doing Spielberg thirty three thirty three. So it's yes. not like, it's not like the feed has been, you know, uh 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 yeah dried up. It, it dried up. No, like it's been there, but you know, no haycast in a while. But I'm just here to say, uh if you're listening to this as these episodes come out, yes, they're you know, they we've recorded episodes, they're on their way. Sorry they're late. But yes, we're gonna get come up here in a bit. We love you and we apologize. Yeah, so there you go. That's that's just specifically for the subscribers who are listening to this as they come out. But, you know, again, if you listen to this six months from now, it doesn't even matter. So, whatever. Um, <laughs> all right. That's enough for that. Because I'm sure people are listening to a Halloween episode six months from now. <laughs> it happens. Like, I'm I, I'm listening to uh, the last podcast on the left. Like, I just, I just you know, am, you know, listen to those episodes and like they're talking about, I just listened to their Halloween episode from like three years ago. So, how oh, fun! So yeah, so uh, for if you listen to this like a month from now, six months, six months from now, a hundred years from now, you know it doesn't matter. But hey, if you listen to this like the week of like uh, Halloween or like November first, be patient. The Haycast yes. episodes are coming out. So that's enough conversation for this first segment, Matt. You, uh, do you have anything else? Happy Halloween. I don't. No, that's I it. don't. But yes, happy Halloween, Marcelo. Happy Halloween. It- happy um, happy gay Christmas. It's, it's <laughs> the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> and speaking of gay Christmas, no. <laughs> There's no transition there. Uh, what are we going to be talking about on this uh, scary episode of well. Andrew Washington? So we're going to take a trip down to Matt's Riddle Corner, where I give cryptic clues about what films we'd be discussing. Well, we're going to go ice skating for a little bit, and then we're going to hang out with a serial killer, and then we're going to hang out uh, in a cornfield, and then we're going to become one of us, and then we're going to call up the juice demon, and then we're going to drink something, and then we're going to go over the turkey, I think, and then we're going to smoke about a carton of cigarettes with Johnny Depp, because that's what he does in that movie, and it made me into a fiend, and then we're going to eat people at a bar, and then we're going to hang out with uh, Ramona Flowers in the Antarctic and Kurt Russell in the Antarctic. And then we're going to hang out with Toby Hooper down in Texas. And then we're going to hang out with Matthew McConaughey dang it, down in Texas with a remote control leg. And then I'm going to spend all day with Dracula. Haha. Uh, what a... It's like 90% horror movies this episode. I'd say 98%. 98%. Uh, and guess which... I guess who wanted just to throw a wrench in... The the horror plans this week. Me, some I some guess. jerk from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so enough about those movies for now. Let's put those to the side. We have a special guest, a special ghoul this week, or guest. Ooh. All right. Uh, our guest this week, uh, you may know him from Twitter, at uh, LCinemonster. He's known for uh, watching a whole bunch of horror movies this month. David, how are you? Great, guys. How are you doing today? Or tonight, I guess. One of those. I'm yeah, doing great. One or the other. 
I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. We're doing pretty good. It's October, so I, I couldn't be doing any better, honestly. I know. Totally in your element. I'm totally in my element, too. I mean, <laughs> I was uh, I was talking to a friend, uh, Dan, from Talk Film Society on Twitter today. He's like, I don't know how people get to watch, you know, like all these horror movies in a month. And I'm like, well, not having a social life is wonderful. And uh, that's how I do it. <laughs> you can set it aside for a month. You have 11 months to be social. You can put it yeah. aside for a month and it works just fine. Yeah, it's totally perfect, and it yeah. just works out really well in the end. Mm-hmm. Real quick, before we get into the uh, the get to know you segment, uh, how many have you watched uh, this month, Dave? Uh, just horror, or overall, just horror, just horror, just horror. I think I'm a twenty or twenty one overall. I think twenty six or twenty seven. So, wow. Yes, Cinemonster got six, so uh, Cinemonster, oh, okay. so he missed his Suspiria 4K screening and a couple other things. So oh, no. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, it kind of set me back a little bit, but I'm catching up. I'm waiting uh, I'm waiting on the Blu-ray, so... Yeah. yeah I, I was able to catch uh, Chainsaw Massacre 4K. That was here, and then we have Night of Living Dead 4K coming up pretty soon. Ooh. So, yeah, it's a good uh, good month to go to the theater, around here anyway. Yeah. Uh, Marcelo, Marcelo, how many horror movies have you watched this month? I have no idea. I am not keeping track, uh, but it seems like I'm. I, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say about maybe fifteen. Like I, I did a uh, Friday the Thirteenth uh, marathon last week, so I saw all of those. How many are there? Twelve, right? So yes, I saw yeah. all of those. No, then let's say maybe like seventeen. You know, six, sixteen, seventeen. So it's good, number. right? Yeah, I mean, I, I I try. You know, I I sat down and watched Reanimator uh, and another movie we'll, we'll discuss later. You know, last night. So you know, I I try my best, but hey, I'm busy. You know, I I I don't have the stamina. I said this last year, Matt. I don't have the stamina that you or some other people have. That I know. Because how many have you seen this month? This month, I, this month I've watched forty-seven. That's insane. That that's is. just that's just horror. I mean, I've watched like you know ten other things that aren't horror movies. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. Oof. See, I don't know how I do it either. My, uh, I have a horrible sleep schedule, and um, I have off two days a week, so maybe that's how. My my only saving graces are the marathons I do because I try to do that every year now. Like last year, I did. Uh, Freddy Krueger. I did a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and this year I did Friday Thirteenth. And oh, last year I also did Saw. So like I might do before the month yeah. ends. I might do Phantasm and Scream. Nice. So I, yeah, I, me too. Yeah, I have I, that Phantasm box sitting there waiting for me. Yeah, same, it's glorious. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I think I I'm better at just sitting down like for a good stretch of time and just watching with a box set. Yeah, the box set. So yeah, yeah, uh, I like doing that. And I started my horror marathon in like mid September. So <laughs> that's cheating. <laughs> well, I know, but I couldn't. I couldn't wait. So that's when I watched all the Jasons and Freddies and Screams and Phantasms. <laughs> that I was fun. early too. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but hey, Matt, uh, I'm sure you want to know more about our guest, right? Yes, I do. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to that other segment called Get to Know Ya, where we get to Uh-oh. know our guest and make sure they're a real human being and not some robot sent from the future. Let's see if I can fool you. <laughs> uh, okay, I ask this of every guest. Uh, what's the first movie you remember seeing in a theater? Beyond and Back. What's that? 
it is it was a shitty little film that came out in the mid 70s about uh, life near death experiences and coming back from the dead I was a little bitty kid and I, went, I tagged along with my brother and that's what he went to go see so that's the first thing I remember seeing in a theater oh wow yeah I just I just looked it up 1978 wow I think it was the same guy that did the boogans did that huh. off the top of my head I think it was the same director that might yeah, be. The, yeah, he, yes, he did. He did do the Boogans. Mm-hmm. That might be the <laughs> God, I, obscure movie we've ever uh, had for that answer. So yeah. Yes, it is. Most we, people are like, oh, it was E.T. or Star Wars. Jurassic or Park. Or Jaws. Yeah. Or Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you don't pick, yeah, you just, you're kind of stuck with whatever else, uh, whatever your older brother, older sister are going to see. So for me, True. it was Beyond the Back. <laughs> a documentary. Fun. <laughs> Oh yeah, especially for a for a five year old, he really knows what's going on. So yeah, exactly, um, I do have one more question relating to this, uh, sure. relating to relating to the season. What's mm-hmm. the first horror movie you remember seeing in a theater? Uh, Alien. Nice. That was with my folks. I don't know what exactly was wrong with them, but <laughs> uh, they took me to Alien. They took me to Midnight Express. Oh they wow! Took, they took me to Kramer versus Kramer. So by oh, the Jesus. time I was so by the time I was seven, I'd seen divorce, I'd seen Turkish prison sodomy, and I'd seen a man eating alien. So I I don't know what they had in store for me, but uh, they raised you right. Yeah, it's part of my education, I guess. So it explains a lot today. Uh, Marcelo, uh, same question: What's the first horror movie you remember seeing? You know what? I have no idea. Um, that's a good question. Uh, as listener, as devout listeners know, I started my theatrical movie going experience like pretty late in life, like '97, like with Star Wars Special Edition. But I've I've never been t- not because you're not because you're so young, but just because you know you never really went to the movies. Well, my parents never took me to the movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I feel like crying because of, of of saying that. But you no. weren't shackled to anything, were you? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Not that I know. Of. <laughs> okay. Maybe I have repressive <laughs> memories. Go Jesus. Uh, but no, I I cannot remember the first movie I saw the horror movie in in a theater. I don't know. Come back to me, Matt. Uh-huh. What, what's your answer? Uh, mine is Event Horizon. Okay, uh, uh, I saw. The, I remember uh, being a little kid begging my dad to take me to see it, and uh, he's like, "Okay, it'll be your first R-rated movie in the theater. Uh, it's supposed to be scary." I'm like, "Yes, yes, scary. Please, give me, give me." <laughs> it's the important Paul Anderson. Yes, yes, uh, I love that movie. I love Event Horizon so much. It's the uh, the good Hellraiser in space, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, oh, Sam Neill is so damn good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Marcelo, do you have a question for the guest? Sorry, I was taking a sip of my beverage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like those silences. They just like make everybody uncomfortable. Um, damn. <laughs> Uh, how about this? Uh, I asked a guest a few weeks ago what, like, the goriest horror movie they've seen was, but I'm gonna ask you, what's, like, the tamest, in terms of gore, horror movie you've seen that really kind of freaked you out? Maybe, like, maybe when you were small, like, a PG movie, or back then, you know, there's a different, you know, uh, PG movies were a lot different back then, but, like, a children's movie, or just something that you wouldn't think would have scared you that kind of really freaked you out? The Raggedy Ann and Andy movie. <laughs> oh man, it's absolutely freaking terrifying. This it has bizarre, freakish songs. Uh, the villains are spooky as hell. There's a guy that if you tickle him, his beard get or his mustache gets an erection. It is absolutely <laughs> <bizarre>. <laughs> what. 
Yeah, it's it's still to this day. Uh, if I watch it now, it kind of makes me a bit unsettled. So it's still creepy as hell. It's scarier than most of the horror films I've seen. That and Jesus Camp are probably the two movies that scare the hell out of me more than most horror films. Oh, geez, yeah, I've heard that movie's just like nightmare fuel. Yeah, that, yeah. that would make a great double feature, actually, Raggedy Ann and Andy and uh, Jesus Camp. But <laughs> seek them, bo- seek them both out. <laughs> if you want, if you want to be scared by real people in cartoons, you can't go wrong with either. So they should have like that, like a section like that on Shutter, like, uh, <laughs> like kids' movies from the eighties that really freaked people out. Uh, hey, what about you, Matt? The monster at the end of Howard the Duck. That that giant spider monster that Jeffrey Jones turns into used to give me nightmares for like weeks after I first saw that movie, and yet I would still ask to watch it every day after school. <laughs> that uh, is a creepy, 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 creepy monster. I Agreed. Have, yeah, I have not seen Howard the Duck. Oh man, the the effects and there, there's these really cool stop motion effects and basically everything that happens with Jeffrey Jones's character in that movie terrified the shit out of me. Like he's got like oh. a tentacle coming out of his mouth and ah, uh, no thanks. Everything, everything but the duck are good special effects. You, you yes. take the duck out of it, everything's pretty good. Yep. Well, nowadays it uh, there are different reasons to be afraid of Jeffrey Jones, but anyway, um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what was the question? Oh, for me, I don't know. Uh, what's what scared me as a kid? You asked the question. <laughs> uh, there's like a Care Bears like uh, movie that I remember just really kind of freaked me out. Like it was on VHS. Okay. And like the sound was like a bit like pitched down. So yeah, it. I don't know why. Oh. I don't know why it kept playing in my home, but I just was kind of freaked out by that. Uh, Care Bears. Hmm. I don't like the Care Bears. I don't like them. No, no. They're weird. They're weird. Too much affection? Yeah, too much. <laughs> too gotcha. much. I can't deal with that. Too many feelings. Yeah. And, and regards- you can tell what their feelings are because, you know, they're just on their stomachs. It's weird. In, in I always re- thought it was cruel that somebody went went through and branded every bear with something, too. That's just sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hey, in regards to that uh, other question about me seeing a horror movie, like, the only one I can think of is A, is a Secret Window in, like, 2004. Uh, I don't think I saw too many horror movies in theaters. Uh, That's the Stephen King movie, right? Yeah, with uh, Johnny Depp. I hate that movie. Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to see it. No, it's not good. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, you, might, you might like it, Matt. You know? I'll probably I'll probably like it, but uh, that and like what when a when when a stranger calls I saw that around the same time. This is the like remake. What, yeah, uh, yeah, the shitty remake. Uh, but no, I saw these the shitty remake. I saw these on dates, so it wasn't until I started dating that I went to go see horror movies in theaters, and didn't do much watching of the movies. So all right, that, <laughs> that's enough of that. Hey, <laughs> do you have any more questions, Matt? No, I feel that uh, David's been gotten to known. Yeah, uh, <laughs> still working on that. Still working on that grammar. I gotta gotta work on that sentence. Yeah, it's okay. There's plenty of words out there. Just pick the ones you like and stick with them. <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, Marcelo, hit uh, kick us off here and break a leg. I Tanya. There you go. Uh, I saw this at a special screening. It won't be out until December. Jesus. So, yeah, the trailer of it just came out just like a week ago, as of this recording. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a huge movie come Oscar time. That's uh, what I'm thinking. When I saw this, I saw no footage. I only saw 
what I, I what I assume a lot of people have seen already is just the behind the scenes yeah. photos of Margot Robbie in like a fat suit. Uh, yeah, as Tanya Harding, because this is this basically it deals with the Tanya Harding. Ta- sorry, it deals with the Tanya Harding incident. Nancy uh, Kerrigan, yeah, and Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, you know, if you don't know, if you're too young to 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 know the story, uh, this actually happened. Mm-hmm. I remember this in the news when I was a kid. Based on true story, yeah. Tanya Harding, uh, she's ice skater, and yeah, uh, she. Uh, Associates of hers went out and broke. The, <laughs> Crazy broke the leg of a fellow skater, uh, Nancy Kerrigan. Yep. And after that incident, you know the media swarmed at her house. You know, called her basically a monster. Really, just tore through her life. And this movie deals with like her entire, you know. Growings up through her skating career to her post skating career, yeah, and yet you know what what could be like a run of the mill biopic is actually a really good movie. I've very much enjoyed it. Margot Robbie is very good. The entire cast, Sebastian Stan, is very good. Allison Janney, uh, Bobby Cannavale shows up. Nice, always I, good for him. I like it a lot. Like I hate making this comparison, but it just really stood out. It's like imagine. Like a standard biopic. Um, oh wait, wait! Imagine, let's see. Uh, it's like The Wolf of Wall Street uh, mixed with like ice skating. You know, it's it's oh. it's, it's not your standard biopic. <laughs> it's not your standard biopic, but it has like that like you know fourth wall breaking uh, sort of narration that is like really tongue in cheek, really in your face, and I liked it. And I'm like, now picturing Jonah Hill in a unitard ice skating. Thank you. <laughs> You're close. It's uh, no, no. <laughs> but no, I, it's. I, I think it really works. And what I think what really drives the movie home is uh, how they paint Tanya Harding, like her character. Yeah. Like they really could have just made her out to be just a terrible person, but they really develop her character in the movie. I mean, she's a real person, but it, it's it's called it's. Uh, they, they they cultivated interviews that she's done over the years into this, and they really portrayed her out to be like a real person. So, uh, and it's all driven home by Margot Robbie, who is amazing. This is I think this may be the best she's ever been. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Nice, of this movie. I like her. I'm a huge fan I like of this her. movie. Uh, it comes out in December, like I said, and yeah, um, go see it if you can. It's it, uh, it's certainly one of my favorites of the year. So that's I Tanya. Uh, I wanted to start this Halloween episode out with a movie that is is, is horrific on, an, on another level because the media uh, makes monsters of us all. All right. Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> you should should have seen that hit piece in the Times about me last week. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's I Tanya. Hey. Uh, let's let's move on because uh, I know you guys haven't seen that movie yet. But let's go to. The I movie. have. Well, no one's seen it. You've seen it, and like four other people. <laughs> but Marco I'm, Robbie, probably one of them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but hey, you're in close company, Marcelo. Let's go to a movie that I think most of us have seen. Uh, I haven't. Oh, damn it! Damn it, Matt. Still, uh, you should see this. I remember. I remember last Halloween episode. I said I was going to watch this, but I still haven't. But I'm pretty sure it's on Shutter. But David, you watched uh, Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Yep. Yes. Uh, tell everyone about this one. What's it about? Uh, 
It is a mockumentary. Uh, it is a gra- couple of grad students are following around a guy who is basically a self-made serial killer. Uh, he has created his own backstory. He's taken some uh, some local legends and some local myths and incorporated it into this character that he's created. And he's going to be, in his mind, one of the greats like Jason or Michael or uh, or Freddy Krueger. And uh, he, fo- he brings them along to document that and kind of give a peek behind the curtain into the into the world of the uh of the named serial killer but it's funny no. it is yeah oh, i've heard i've heard it's very <laughs> funny but i've also heard it's pretty darn good it is and it it does something you know there's there's certainly been a lot of horror comedies and a lot of spoofs in the last eight mm-hmm. or ten years uh what it gets right is Despite, I mean, the, the humor's clever, but at the same time, there's genuine, real scares in it. I mean, there's some, there's some real gore, there's some real frightening, and some real terrifying stuff. It's not just a bunch of one-liners and crap. I mean, it's steeped in slasher tropes for sure, but uh, it does some interesting things with them. It goes outside of even what you've seen in the last few years, like Tucker and Dale and Final Girls, which I like a lot too. Uh, but uh, it's it's just a, a good little piece. It's real economical. I think it's like an hour and twenty something minutes. Uh, great central performance by I think Nathan Bissell is how you say his name. Hmm. But uh, the people around him are great. Uh, Robert England plays kind of a Doctor Loomis sort of character in it who pops up. And cool. You get like cool. a backstory and you, you you hear why he's in it and how the. Uh, the main character Lizzie Vernon kind of orchestrated all of that, and then uh, you have some nice little cameos. Kane Hodder's in it real briefly. Zelda Rubenstein's in it, and she's anything oh. she's in is magical. Uh, True. And then, and then, uh, oh, uh, Herschel from uh, Walking Dead. Uh, oh, okay. What's his name? What's his name? Scott. Uh, crap. Scott Wilson. Wilson? Scott Wilson. Yeah. Yes. 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 He's he's in it too. He's kind of a, a mentor to the Leslie Vernon character. And it, oh, he's okay. A, he's a lot of fun. But uh, it, it it's funny in it. Uh, he has a wife who we find out during the film is actually the final girl from when he was a serial killer, and they wound up falling in love and getting married. <laughs> but uh, it's it's clever. It's it's smart. It's still one of my favorite movies of the century. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna watch it this weekend. I'll make it a. I will finally do it uh, because I have Shutter now, so we're good to go. All right. Congratulations. Mar- <laughs> Marcel, you've seen this? I've seen this many years ago. I remember liking it a lot. Uh, made me love um, the Talking Head Psycho Killer a lot mm-hmm. more because I used that the, uh, during the final credits. It's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay through the credits, definitely. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love that. It's not a post-credit sequence. It's like an end-credit sequence. Okay, uh, cool. It's really good. But, uh, but yeah, no, I like this movie a lot. I need to revisit it. Um, I love that, uh, that faux documentary feel. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, if you say it's on Shutter, Matt, then I might have to revisit it. And I, I have no excuse. Didn't, didn't we talk about a like a faux horror documentary like in the last episode? I forget the name of it, but, uh, but yeah. Wait, I, no, uh, didn't we we talk about WNUF? Oh, okay. No, but then yeah, I, yeah. I also brought up a Man Bites Dog. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Yeah, very much reminds me. Elements of that reminds me of this too. So yeah, um, I'm all into that. Uh, but yeah, behind the mask. Watch it, man. Watch it. Okay. <laughs> uh, another thing you should watch out for is Scarecrows. Yes, I uh, watched Scarecrows from 1988, directed by William Wesley. 
which has one of the most disturbing taglines on a poster I've seen. It says, Trespassers will be violated. Um, Ouch. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's basically... Uh, it's a slasher movie where the scarecrows are the bad guys, like they are the killers. Uh, this group of paramilitary people robbed something. It's not very clear in the movie. Uh, the the plot is very murky. Uh, you're pretty much just going to watch this for the gore effects and the cool costumes of the scarecrows. Uh, they have to crash land. They have to like go after a guy who stole their money in like a cornfield with like a farmhouse and the scarecrows don't like them and like trespassing so the scarecrows start gutting and butchering these uh basically it's like a predator knockoff with scarecrows so yeah there's a lot of talking over the radio the gore effects are really fun uh i don't know it's killer scarecrows there should be more of these movies that are more that are you know better than this but it's fun it's no Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, but it's a good time if you want to see a killer Scarecrow movie. Has anyone even heard of this? <laughs> I, I saw part of it years ago. Uh, okay. I, and I've never, I wasn't compelled enough to ever search it out and see it from beginning to end since then. I should, but I haven't. It's, it's okay. Marcel, have you heard of this? No way. Uh, for a second, I thought you were talking about that uh, Al Pacino, Gene, ha- Gene Hackman movie. What's that one called? What? <laughs> That, that's singular, just the one scarecrow. Oh yeah, scarecrow, not scarecrow. <laughs> that's just the one. That's just the one. <laughs> Apologies. So no, I've not heard of this movie. It's it's pretty okay. I don't know. Did the kills you, are cool. Would you recommend? Uh, and, and and you should uh, sell me on these movies like this. Like, should I see this like at two a.m. with like uh, friends of mine as we drink? Uh, drink a six pack of beer, watch <laughs> this, and have a good time. How about that? Is that that type of movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But if listeners want a good Scarecrow movie, track down Dark Knight of the Scarecrow starring Larry Drake. Uh, It was a TV movie from the early 80s uh, that's scarier than most theatrical horror movies. Uh, Really good performance from Larry Drake because, I mean, he was always great. Um, That one's really, really good. Uh, Track that one down. I've always wanted to see that. Uh, it's terrific. Like <laughs> I was want they they were showing clips of it in a documentary about I think Video Nasties. So okay, yeah, yeah. recently. But I've always heard about that movies. But yeah, uh, I, I like uh, I like Drake. It's really good. Durant, Robert G. Durant. All right, I love him. I love Doctor Giggles. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> May he rest in peace. Uh, yes, rest in peace. Uh, bless. Uh, hey, uh, switching over to freaks. Uh, yeah. Uh, who saw Freaks? David? Uh, I watched Freaks, also. This uh, this is a movie that I've never seen, oh, for I one reason or okay. another. I know, I'm the worst. Uh, what's Freaks? I mean, everyone knows what it is, but uh, what'd you think of it? Uh, I'd seen it before. It had been, it had been quite a few years. Uh, it's, it's still really unsettling. It's still yeah. very peculiar. I mean, yeah. It's one of those movies where people just say it couldn't get made today. It, it certainly couldn't. It probably couldn't have gotten made the next year, honestly. Yeah. But uh, it's for those that don't know, uh, Todd Browning cast mostly real circus freaks as yeah. as themselves. Yeah, I knew that. Us. And uh, their world is kind of uh, penetrated by an able-bodied woman who's kind of a piece of shit. And mm. uh, towards the end, they sort of bring her into their fold after she does some 
shitty things is you know, being a piece of shit. She does shitty things. That's and, the. Uh, uh, I'm guessing that's where one of us comes from. Yes, yes. Uh, okay. It's actually it, there's a it's a refrain that pops up a couple times during the film. Okay, but uh, as old as it is, the end of it is still freaking terrifying. I mean. I, are we allowed to do spoilers on here? Am I going to ruin something for somebody? I it's mean, about an eighty-year-old yeah. movie. You can do it. It's fine. All right. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, and I'm sure I've seen the ending on like compilation videos and stuff. Like, yeah. Her, well, yeah. the woman and her gentleman friend in the film get attacked and by the by the freaks, and the freaks make her into this strange deformed bird woman. So they make her Ooh. into a freak at the end, and that's how it ends. Is hers this weird feathered, limp, half-limbed bird woman thing but uh it takes place in the in the forest at night it's dark it's muddy and it's just freaking terrifying to watch these guys crawl around and and go after her one guy has no has two limbs missing and he's crawling on his belly with a knife in his mouth and it just i've seen that i've seen that hey it's still spooky as hell yeah i gotta i really need to see this it's like one of my like horror homework movies that I've always wanted to see just never got around to seeing it. Yeah, Browning Browning always liked to show people as just dark awful pieces of crap going yeah. back for most of his career. He had a very dark view of people in the world. So even when he would set you up on something like this where you'd say, "Oh, you know, look, there's the circus freaks and they have this little world and they're nice and they're sweet." Yeah, but still, it's something as simple as one crappy person just turn just turn them on yeah. a dime and and you know at the end of a browning film generally everybody's dirty marcel have you seen this i have not no oh wow I've, yeah I've, so i guess you and i both have homework no yeah i i i can't believe i've read more about it than i actually have seen it so uh, I, it, 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 didn't it get cut down considerably like there's a cut out there that is like yeah, yeah there's a yeah, there's a chunk. Of the first cut of it, I think it's been cut back by... See, it's like an hour and 12 or an hour and 13 now. I think 20 to 30 minutes are missing. And, oh, and wow. it's lost. It's lost. It's, it yeah. it's, doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. Uh, it made it went on the exploitation circuit for a while. Uh, there was an exploitation uh, guy who did a 25-year option on it, who took it around and toured it, and then eventually it turned into a, a midnight movie, uh, along with El Topo at one point in the early 70s. Uh, that's, oh, a, shit. that's a great twofer, but uh, oh, wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's even in its form that it exists in now. It's still pretty creepy. I mean, there's a complete story there. It's not like all of a sudden it just drops off. But uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be nice if somebody discovered that in some attic somewhere in South oh, America. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, nowadays it's happening more and more. Uh, yeah, it seems to be. That. Well, uh, it seems nowadays people are just cleaning out their attics and going, "Hey, what's this?" <laughs> they're being they're being more you know mindful of like their surroundings and cleaning up. Yeah. Uh, good for them because like they found yeah. that. Print hey, look! I found Metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> that happened, right? And they also found it did. Like, uh, Suspiria, Night of the Living Dead. Like they're just want, they're yeah, just finding these things out there. So yeah. yeah, you know, hey, you never know. It might be in your attic, listener. <laughs> my, my attic? Oh, oh, well, listener's attic. You know, well, maybe mine. Who knows? You should go check after the recording. Everybody, please go check their attics for Prince of Lost movies. Uh, okay. Speaking of we attics... Have ba- we have basements up here. We'll check our basement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, speaking of basements and attics and creepy houses, uh, Beetlejuice. Yes, I watched The Juice Demon. 
the other night. Uh, this is a explain real quick. Explain that joke, Matt. For okay, little, there's 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 a knockoff uh, Halloween costume that you can find in stores where they couldn't get the rights to Beetlejuice, so it's just labeled Juice Demon. <laughs> Which is like the dumbest thing, the dumbest workaround from a lawsuit I've ever seen. But yeah, this is a movie I watch every October. I watch it on other months as well because I just love it so much. Uh, 1988's Beetlejuice from Tim Burton, uh, back when he had something to prove. And <laughs> I I love Beetlejuice so much. I love everything about it. I love the cast. Um Obviously, you know, Michael Keaton's great for the short amount of screen time he has. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis are wonderful. Um uh, Winona Ryder, but I think the the performance I fell in love with most this time around uh, is Catherine O'Hara as uh, as the mom as as uh, Lydia, yeah, Lydia Dietz. Love her. Uh, she is so much. Uh, she can go insane and take me with her anytime. Lots of fun from her. Uh, I love that. Um, I love when Dick Cavett tells her off and her just her incredulous look on her face, like. What? How dare you? Uh, but yeah, no, I love Beetlejuice. Uh, it's got a great score by Danny Elfman yeah. back when he had something to prove. Um, yeah, basically everyone in this movie had something to prove back then, and uh, they did it with flying colors. I love Beetlejuice. I'm not going to say his name two more times. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite scores. I agree. That score is fantastic. I remember I remember last year, uh, Marcelo said that uh, he would play this soundtrack on repeat throughout the month to like yeah. get him in the mood for things and I'm like you know what you made a good choice sir yeah I I, I did that as soon as October started this year I, I, damn right it's my go to October track I love it and yeah it's great it's so I, much fun I love this movie I was like this close to putting it on last night I might put it on after this recording because like it's it's good it's like every time I see it and it seems to be pretty I'd say maybe annually now like I yeah. I always forget just how great it is and by the end of it, I'm like, I love it. One of my favorites I remember, ever. And I and I put it on the other night. I was like, well, it's only an hour long. And so, then I like noticed. I was like, no, it's 90 minutes. But then it, it just feels so fast because this thing is such like a fast paced machine. Holy crap! That it's it, 92 it, minutes. Yeah, it feels like it feels like an hour and 10 minutes. Like it no. just like zips by. That's that's insane. I thought it was longer. Like I've been watching this movie really since I was a kid. And I realized it was only 92 minutes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's a it's a short one. But it flies by for me. Oh boy! Oh, it does that's that's the kind of role that never gets award nominations. But I always thought Keaton should have had something for that. Oh yeah, he's terrific. He's in yeah. the movie for what, like twelve minutes, and he just knocks it out of the park. Is he? We call that a we call that a Brando. That's a unit of measurement. <laughs> he was in there yes. for a Brando. Yes. It, 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 uh, I'm sure you're right, Matt. That he's in it for that long, but it just seems like he's. I don't know, like his presence is always there. It, I think I think it's it's, but it's smart. Uh, he's not in it long, but it's smart the way they do it. They show him yeah. every every couple minutes. Like they'll always they'll flash to him. Like he'll have a scene here and a scene there. So he's always there, but he's not in every scene, which really helps because you're spending most of your time with the Maitlands, and I love it. And it's such a performance that you know, not to take away from Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin, but like when I think, of course, it's it's called Beetlejuice, but also. Every time I think of that movie, I think of just him, just his performance. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's overpowering I mean, I, I, in a good way. But I got to say, I do blame this movie for uh, the fact that my entire life I've called bed sheets death shrouds. <laughs> uh, thank you, Beetlejuice, for uh, making me call my bed sheets that. <laughs> 
And uh, hey, I love Winona Ryder. Uh, I've had a crush on her. Oh, she's ter- she's terrific in this forever. So yeah, I've had a crush on her forever. So yeah, she's great in this. Uh, and yeah, glad she's getting work again. Yes, same. Uh, Very happy for that. I might need to go back and finish that Stranger Things TV show. Only, That's my Sunday. Only, That's my Sunday is blocked out. <laughs> only because Winona Ryder uh, is a, is a. Uh, is a uh, actress on there, so she's fantastic in it, Arcello. All like, right, really, really, really good. I, I just think that's how she is now. That I think she's just playing herself. I don't have to sound <laughs> hateful or mean, but uh, from all accounts, I think she's pretty near herself there. I think she has. I think the lights came from her own home, the Christmas lights. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we saw her on stage uh, during that award show, right? Where. Uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, whether she was on something or not, I don't know. I don't care. She's, she's, she, she's a great person. I love her. It's, right? it's like somebody dared her to say, "Hey, Winona, <laughs> go on stage and make every face you've ever made in your life." It's like I'll do it. Challenge the best. accepted. I'll, I'll do uh, it. I'll do it. Dare me. <laughs> mm-hmm. The best. Um. So that was Beetlejuice. Uh, speaking of juice and liquids, blood. Hey, I drink your Dave, blood. Yeah, tell me, tell me all about this, David. It sounds crazy. Uh, directed by David Durston. The only other film he kind of ever made a note was a film called Blue Sextet. Uh, and that was a decent little thriller uh, about a group of friends whose friend commits suicide and they don't believe that he did. And it's it's okay. But everything else he made was an absolute piece of garbage. Uh, I Drank <laughs> Your Blood uh, kind of came at the tail end of uh, the, the Manson scare where... The, People okay. were worried that bands of hippies on drugs were roaming the countryside and looking to murder people for no no good reason. So this group of uh, hippies comes into town, and they're a little goofy, and they're on the LSD. You know, God forbid. Uh, the they're LSD. On, they're on the LSD. <laughs> and uh, one of the local girls kind of wanders over to where they're doing their LSD-infused hijinks. And uh, they kind of rough her up. It's unclear whether or not they assault her. It's hard to say. Mm. But when she comes home, uh, her grandfather gets worked up, this old man. So he goes over there to give him a a what's fur, and he brings a shotgun. And they wound up injecting him with LSD. So he comes home, and he's tripping balls, and he almost dies, and he's just a freaking mess. So his 10-year-old grandson decides, well, I'm going to get even with these here hippies. <laughs> so the hippies, apparently there's only one place to eat in the whole damn town, and all they serve are meat pies. So this is a great great place to live. <laughs> uh, so he decides, you know what? I just killed a rabbit dog. I'm going to take a big old syringe of rabies blood out of this dog, and I'm going to squirt it in all these meat pies. So the jerk. (laughs) Yeah. So the hippies eat the meat pies. The hippies get rabies, and it turns into kind of uh, George Romero crazies. All this is this was before. Okay. uh, Crazies where the the hippies get progressively more bizarre and start attacking people for no reason. Sometimes they hack off a hand and run around with it. I don't know why. Uh, Because they're crazy hippies. (laughs) They are. They're they're pretty nuts. But uh, they infect others as they go through uh, go through the city, and it just turns into this kind of outbreak of crazy hippie rabies just madness and it's 
it's shot much better than you think it would be. There's some great yeah. action sequences. There's some garbage action sequences too. Uh, the acting is so far freaking over the top. But and everybody has this disgusting little stream of foam, like spittle foam, glued to their bottom lip. So that's how you can Ugh. tell the rabies people from the non-rabies people. But uh, it's a lot of fun. It's pitch. It knows that it can't be very long. So uh, you're thankful for that that it's not a very long film. Yeah, but uh, it's it's pretty nuts, and it's like it's like Speed or Aliens in that once that trigger hits, and okay. once it gets going, it just goes. They've got rabies and they're going nuts. Yeah, I need to see this. I just looked it up. Uh, looked this movie up. I love the tagline on the poster. It says "Rabid drug infested hippies on a blood crage killing rampage." Mm-hmm. Yes, please. <laughs> It was stuck together with I. Uh, there was a zombie movie that came out in 1964 that got renamed "I Eat Your Skin." So okay. I, I drink your blood and I eat your skin were released as a double feature in grindhouses and in a lot of places. So oh, that's, uh, that that sounds a, like a great double feature. <laughs> absolutely, and uh, there's a fantastic Blu-ray of it. I don't mean to plug a Blu-ray company, but Grindhouse. Oh, go for it. Uh, okay, Grindhouse releasing, releasing. Who does? Yeah. Great special editions. Uh, put out a beautiful restoration with just more interviews and stuff than you can imagine, and it comes with a syringe in case of you want to. In case you want to get your own rabies hippie blood and you know <laughs> go out there and start an outbreak. That's this movie sounds terrific. I gotta get this. Oh, it this is. Looks, it's this, just fun. This sounds like fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just it just sounds like a fun movie to throw on late at night. Like I said to Marcel, you know, after you're hanging out with friends with a couple beers. <laughs> That's. <laughs> It's rabies and hippies and meat pies. Everything Halloween's about. Yeah, six pack of beer and a meat pie. Just have a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will say, I do love uh, Grand House. Uh, that that bl- Blu-ray distribution company. Uh, mm-hmm. That I don't. Oh, go on. No, I was gonna say that aforementioned Video Nasties documentary. Like I was looking up the movies on that list, and yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of those movies are Grand House, you know, Blu-rays. <laughs> like like okay. uh, yeah. Cannibal Holocaust and uh, Cannibal Furrow. I think pieces too. So, yeah. They, yeah, I was just gonna say I I don't own their Blu-rays, but I have two of their DVDs. I have uh, Cannibal Holocaust and Pieces. Yeah, they do fantastic work. Uh, they've released a couple of Duke Mitchell's films too. Uh, they they just they're they're just beautiful. Uh, they started back in the Laserdisc days, and and they haven't missed a beat since then. Oh wow! The first time I became familiar with them yeah. uh, was when they picked up and restored. Uh, make them die slowly. Uh, Cannibal Ferox back in the late nineties. Okay, I've and heard of they, this. They they were touring it around the country, and uh, they came through Austin, and it, it screened at the Dolby. Uh, I don't think Tim, Tim hadn't quite opened Draft House yet. It was uh, he probably did that within a couple of months, but it came through and it played the Dolby Theater, which I think shut down now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Adobe dorm on the drag, and that was just cool as shit. And it was a packed house too. And that's that. What that is the one great thing about Austin. If something like that comes through town, it's fucking packed. If it's one show or four shows, it's freaking packed. And that I do miss. Yeah, uh, I I will say the the film rep scene here in Austin is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, like I I would be at that show. I think if they showed like that movie yeah. here. Um, but yeah, uh, that like Matt, like I told you about this over Twitter. Going back to that video nasties documentary, like if like if you want to know more about uh, uh, Cannibal Ferox and like those movies, you should see that documentary, Matt. It's good. I'm gonna watch it. I forget the name of it because I I am a bad person. 
but, there is a documentary called Video Nasty. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same one. Yeah, that one is also on Shutter. Uh, I need to see mm-hmm. that. But there's one called Oh, here it is. Video Nasties colon moral panic censorship. Yes, and that videotape. one. Yeah, and I think there's one. No, I think yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one I saw. Uh, but no, that's good. But yeah, uh, yeah, if you want to see clips of of those movies. So I'm a little bit older than both you guys, so the way we used to judge for the longest time what we were going to rent and take home to watch was which film was banned in the highest number of countries. Because <laughs> nice. that, was like, that was like a point of pride on the video box. It was 11, 13, 27. Fuck yeah, we're taking that one home. <laughs> oh, I, I just saw... Okay, so this is all on Shudder. So there's Video Nasties. There's the sequel of Video Nasties, Draconian Days. Sorry, Drank, Draconian Days. That's the there sequel. you go. Then there's Ban the Sadist Videos, which also deals Ooh. with Video Nasties. So... Uh, I'm fascinated by that. Like uh, that, uh, Matt. Remind me that guest we had a few months ago now. Who? Oh God! Like she was talking about the video nasties. Uh, it, it's always fascinating to me how, um, like London back in like what the eighties, uh, England they just were like hyping these movies up to be pure evil. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. There's a moment in that in that documentary in Draconian Days, the sequel, where somebody who was on the board that. You know, saw these movies. She was watching one particular movie. I think it was like the, I think it was like the Boston Strangler movie. That's uh, when we had Anya on. Yeah, yeah, Anya. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Bookish Plinko on uh, yes. on Twitter. Yeah, I love her. Like she was talking about that uh, video analysis. But no, that documentary, that moment when the the woman who was there on the board watching these movies, she describes a scene where like a killer like like uh, uh, tears off like a nipple from like a a, a woman's body. And she describes it. And she's like, it's she's like, she was scarred for life. And after the screening, people were crying and like in shock that this movie like did all that that it did in that movie. Yeah, so it's amazing <laughs> that this all happened in the eighties, and they banned all these movies. And yeah, you got to ban them because they're a bad influence. <laughs> they were banned for the longest time, like up until what, well, like I forget what year, but like in the two thousands, right? But uh, yeah. yeah, anyway, yeah. fascinated. Yeah. But, you know, there was a bit of an outcry here about some of the slasher stuff in the late 70s and into the early 80s, even from some of the critics. But, you know, here, if something's making money, we don't care. <laughs> uh, I was on a – I did a podcast last week, and we were talking about slashers and uh, about the episode that Siskel and Ebert dedicated to Friday the 13th. Oh, and, wow, yeah. And at the time uh, – you guys might know this uh, – Siskel and Ebert actually – published the names and addresses of the people responsible for making Friday the 13th so the people could write to them Jesus and decry Christ. them. And, yeah. I mean, think, think about that. Think about yeah, something like that even happening today. But, uh, you know, but, but they made money. So, yeah, who cares? It's, that's kind of where we were. But yeah, I guess England's a little bit different that way. But, uh, you know, there's certainly an element that felt the same way here. Yeah. Um but uh, it's it's fascinating. It, but hey, we we had we had we had and still have capitalism. So there you go. That's hey. why that's why we have all those Friday Thirteenth and and horror oh, yeah. movies. Yeah. Um. Anyway, speaking of horror movies, <laughs> the X. Yeah, there you go. Let's keep going. Yes. <laughs> uh, Matt. Right, you saw The Exorcist for what? Like the hundredth time? Something like that. Yeah. Sure. Tell us about um, this. Uh, first, let me ask. My what? Sunday morning alternative to church? Yes. <laughs> that my aunt yelled at me for posting? <laughs> 
She actually commented on Facebook like, "How dare you say this is a this is an alternative to church?" No, don't answer that. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm so sorry, Aunt Mary. I, I apologize. Aunt Mary. <laughs> Aunt Mary, living out in Fresno, wonderful woman. Let me ask you another holy question, Matt. What cut of this movie did you see? I watched the uh, the extended director's cut. <gasps> I see. That's the, That's one the version that... I watch. Uh, I've seen that more than the actual theatrical, the original theatrical cut, because uh, those faces that show up randomly scare the shit out of me, and I like that. Fair enough. I like I like to be scared. I uh, always thought that first director's cut they put out, the way they marketed it, was always really awkward. It was The Exorcist, the version you've never seen. Yes, who, who very cut, weird. Who, who who puts that on something? That makes no sense. Marketing director. Of course we haven't seen it. You have it. We, of course, we haven't seen it. <laughs> rubbing in our faces. Yeah, I like this. I love love this movie. I mean, uh, it's no secret that I'm not a religious person, but this movie still scares the fuck out of me every time I see it. I think that final half hour is as close to perfect as you're going to get in a horror movie. Just the way it's all set up and shot, and the tension on display. Love it. I love Friedkin's Exorcist. It's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, do you have an opinion on on the the cuts? Because I I'll say real quick, like I'm more of a fan of the theatrical cut. Um, I remember watching the special edition. Is it? It's the director's cut, right, Matt? It's yeah. On the on the Blu-ray, they call it the director's cut. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that uh, maybe like two years ago and thinking this like the stuff they add in. I don't think is as effective as. As some people think. Sorry, Matt. But no, I, I like the theatrical it's fine. a little better because it's, I guess, more lean and not as, I guess, in your face about it. It's still scary, though. But yeah, that, that's how I feel. David, do you have an opinion on, on the cuts of The Exorcist? I like the long cut as a companion piece. I like it as a as a as just an add-on to a video release of it. But yeah, I, I like the theatrical more. It's, uh, it just has less fat. It kind of... Kind of cruises by a little bit faster. I I like it. I mean, it's nice to see some of that stuff put back in, some of the effect sequences, the sequence on the stairs. I mean, it's creepy yeah. as hell, yeah. but honestly, do you need that with what else is going on in there? Yeah. I I, I can take, yeah, like like you said, like David, it's a good supplement. Like, I I, yeah. I I do love that spider walk down the stairs. Spider walk's creepy. It, yeah, it is. It's good on but, its own. But I would say my favorite scene in the extended cut is... Uh, Father Marin and Karis have a nice little conversation on the stairs when they take a break from the exorcism, and I think that adds a lot to both characters. I uh, I love that part that they edited. Yeah. If I could go back and edit it, I could make one I would like better, probably. But between <laughs> the two, between the two, I'd go with the, the theatrical. On a completely tangent thought, every time I think of Linda Blair, I think of a, this movie that I want to see. And the movie that I want to see is I want to see a long biopic that just covers the years that Linda Blair and Rick James dated. I would love to see that. <laughs> that I happened? Would... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wow. I had no I... idea. And just the little bit that's out there about it is pretty freaking nuts. I would love to see a movie about this. So if anybody actually is listening to this who makes films and has access to funds, there's your idea. Make it happen. Oh boy, I I had no idea either, and that sounds insane. That's wild. Oh boy. Um, speaking of insane, the Turkish version of The Exorcist, which I saw. Yeah, what? 
Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I saw this and uh, it uh, it was super weird. <laughs> but hey, talking, okay. about, talking about poultry geist? <laughs> it's just called Devil. That's what they call it. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. And but no, uh, uh, it's it's surprisingly faithful to the original. Okay, mm-hmm. I can say that. Uh, they find a a Linda Blair lookalike that really really fits that role. Um, but just imagine. Like every like uh, effect, like uh, uh, on a on a lower budget. So like, let's say, oh, fun. let's say like the 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 the, uh, the the bed you know moving scene where like the bed shifts and shakes. That's at a hundred, right? Imagine it at, at like twenty five percent. Oh <laughs> no! Imagine the the pee throw up. In uh, the Exorcist, the original at one hundred percent. Imagine at twenty five percent. So it's it's like it's toned down, you know, not on purpose. It's just they don't have the money. Like even like the little they don't have the money for it. Yeah, yeah. Even like the so little moments. Just, so she little, just coughs up a little bit of phlegm on her. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And it's like, oh, oh well, you you're, you're trying Turkish Exorcist. You're trying. Like, oh, Turkish Exorcist. There's the, that, that. Maybe scene. they just have timid demons there in Turkey. I don't know. <laughs> The scene where uh, uh, the mom is in the attic with like the uh, the, the the candle, and like I I I saw like a bit of The Exorcist before watching this uh, the trailer where you see the flame. I remind, the flame is huge, right, in the Exorcist movie that from the candle. yes. Mm-hmm. In the Turkish Exorcist, it's just like a blank, like boop. <laughs> it's like oh, ah, <laughs> uh, it's too bad. And uh, the version I saw, it's on YouTube. Just type in Turkish Exorcist, and you can find this easily. Uh, whoever does the subtitles. Uh, they're having a grand old time. I don't know who does it, but they should get like a you know a reward or I mean a bonus. <laughs> like they try their best to uh, translate it, but then there are moments where they just type in I don't know what they're saying, <laughs> or, <laughs> and they're like I guess this is what this means. So it has like a layer. It, it, it's it's ridiculous on on another level altogether. Check uh, check your Skype chat box. Gentlemen, yeah, and, and listen, yeah, listeners, <laughs> just uh, go on YouTube again. It's super easy to find. It's Turkish Exorcist. I want yeah. to see this now. I have this picture at the end where they, where he just falls down a, like off a step ladder as opposed to down that flight <laughs> yeah. of stairs. Although I will say, oh, should I spoil this? It's Turkish Exorcist. Who cares? Now it's been it's been like two years since I've seen The Exorcist, but like the death of the priest down the stairs, like Matt, it's fucking just, horrific. Do they show yeah. like him falling like all the way down? No, they don't, do they? <laughs> like, I, it's most of the way, I think. Between, yeah, most of yeah, the way. Between every angle, it's most of the way. Yeah, in Turkish, he's crumpling. In Turkish Exorcist, it's one long take from the top of the stairs all the way down. It's ridiculous. Jesus. And I'm like, good job, stunt man. But did we need to see that? It, it's like on the verge of parody. <laughs> It's like okay, he's falling. Wow. Okay, there's no cut. He's just falling. He's he's still falling. All right. There's no cut. He's still falling. Oh, he's going. He's All right. Going. <laughs> so yeah, no unions out there. No. So yeah, there are scenes like that in this movie where they go on too long. They it verges on parody. Uh, but hey, it's 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 an acceptable adaptation in terms of like them following the story. But it is ridiculous. So I say it's worth a watch. I'm gonna watch it. For, Absolutely. For the content and also the subtitles, you know, they throw in some ridiculous stuff in there. So there you go. Turkish Exorcist. Devil, as they call it. Devil. Devil. Uh, speaking of the devil. Speaking of the devil. Hail Satan. Oh. 
Hail Satan! I love Satan. Uh, anyway, no, um, after years of not seeing it, uh, the other week, uh, last week, uh, Carla was like, have you ever heard of a movie called The Ninth Gate? I've always wanted to watch it. So I ordered the Blu-ray off of Amazon, and it arrived the next day. Bless them. <laughs> and, yeah, so... We, you know, sat down with our popcorn and we watched uh, The Ninth Gate uh, came out in 1999 starring Johnny Depp and a pack of of cigarettes. Uh, Oh, boy. This movie is pretty, pretty weird. Uh, He basically gets hired by Frank Langella, who is a uh, book collector. I I guess that's a thing. And he wants to find out if this satanic text is real or a duplicate. So he sends Johnny Depp on a trip to Europe, all expenses paid, to check out the other copies of this demonic text and see if he can find any differences. And apparently part of the book was written by Lucifer himself, which is pretty wild. A lot of this movie works. One part that really doesn't work is the music. The music is very, very weird. Uh, It almost sounds like the score to Ghostbusters. Uh, So it doesn't really fit at all. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, it's a lot, it's a very bouncy score, I guess is what you could say it is. But everyone in it is really good. Uh, Frank Langella, as always, uh, plays evil quite well. Uh, Johnny Depp is pretty great. It's weird hearing him uh, not sound like a drunken pirate like he usually does in most of his movies, even when he's not playing a pirate. It's also weird to see him without makeup. That's interesting. And, yeah, he smokes about three cartons of cigarettes in this movie. So I, you know, was taking a lot of cigarette breaks because I'm uh, uh, horrible with peer pressure. And when I see someone doing it in a movie, I'm like, you know what? I sure could go for one. (laughs) So uh, I'll be right back. So this movie, you know, took longer than it was for us to finish it. But that's fine. We're home. We can pause a movie. It's cool. Uh, But, yeah, no, I really dug it. Uh, It's got some really creepy moments. And, yeah, it's effective. It's an effective little demonic thriller. Um have either of you seen this one? I have not. Uh, David, have you? I rented it when it came out on video years ago and oh, wow. all, all I really remember about it is it it had small things that remind you of Rosemary's Baby and that I didn't think much of the end. That's my only recollection. And cigarettes. Okay. I do remember cigarettes, not your oh, that, that how can how can you forget it? Yeah, uh, it's a co-star. But I have not seen Rosemary's Baby, so Oh, did I don't know. Did we I'll mention- be watching this is oh, Polanski, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, this was only the second Polanski movie I've ever seen. So, huh? <laughs> that's the thing. I've only seen Chinatown. Oh, so now I've seen Chinatown in the Ninth Gate. You should uh, go. Chinatown. I'm going slow. So, uh, Rosemary's Baby will be the next one I see. Uh, but yes, I love Chinatown. That movie's perfect. Repulsion. Yep. See repulsion. I like repulsion. I heard it's crazy. Repulsion. Um, yeah, I heard it's repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but no, I've never seen Ninth Gate. Uh, I mean, it's pretty good. It's pretty pretty effective. I enjoyed it. Fair enough. Uh, is it on Netflix or anything? Uh, it used to be on Netflix. Yeah. I don't know if it's. While. Yeah, I don't know if it's on there anymore. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, Rosemary's Baby will be next. Don't worry. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, Matt. And I'm guessing you have that on Blu-ray, right? I got the Criterion. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Which Did I you? got at Best Buy for some reason, because, you know, every once in a while they carry a Criterion, and I guess that week they had Rosemary's Baby, so I picked it up one day. Did you know that the Barnes & Noble sale is happening the 1st of November through the 30th of November? I do yep. this, yes. Yep. Un- unfortunately. It's happening. Uh, I just I'll spent, get a few. I just spent 
to me a lot of money like on the flash sale like a week ago. I spent nothing on that flash sale, so I'll be picking up something for myself. Congratulations. Um <laughs> I guess. <laughs> There's just too many pre orders that were out there or got bumped to the end of this month. There's so much stuff. The arrow thing, the arrow uh George Romero, oh, yeah. the land the land of the dead and day of the dead from or Land of the Dead and Dawn remake from yeah. uh, Scream. Yeah, I need uh, old, that land old of the dark dead. house. I mean there's so much stuff. I'm like, I I could do that flash sale. Uh, I I am getting those first three you mentioned, David. The the Romero set, I'm getting the Land of the Dead, the Dawn yeah. of the Dead. Um I I'm going to go light for the Barnes and Noble sale. I might just get like one or two cuz I yeah. I will say Oh boy. Yeah. I will ahead. say I'm very excited for that restoration of uh the old dark house. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my man. god. Uh that played that movie, here last week. It, oh, that's awesome. I love that movie. That is my favorite Universal film, and I'm a, Have a big potato. Universal monster guy, and that's that's mine, man. There you go. Have you seen that one, Marcelo? I have not seen it. That's why. I oh point. boy, James Wales the shit. Mm-hmm. He that is. guy rules. We could we could do a whole episode on him. That'd be nice. That would be awesome. All right, do it. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go. You guys, you know, stick around. Do that. <laughs> All right. Well, well, he made a little movie called The Invisible Man. Okay. No. Anyway. Oh yeah. That would be a feast on the ears. The movie uh, feast. Ha! So, who saw Feast? Uh, David I saw, I saw David Feast. Saw feast. Tell us about Feast. And, the, the, and I had never, I'd never seen Feast before. Ooh, awesome. Oh, wow. Okay. I, 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 I remember seeing this vividly, like, when it came out, like, on DVD, so... Same. <laughs> it's a weird movie. Let's, let's get into it. So, tell us about Feast, David. Uh, it was a winning project from Project Greenlight, the uh, yeah. Matt Damon Affleck thing uh, from a few years back. As directed by Clue uh, Gulliger's son. It, yeah, the the cheap birdseed guy from Nightmare uh, Two. Uh, yeah, I love Clue, man. <laughs> Sam, uh, a man a man who has his own seat at New Beverly. That's 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 a, awesome. It's a special fella. But it's it's a it's a one set horror film. It takes place. Completely inside of a bar, uh, a lot of bar patrons out in some shitty little town are sitting around one night. Uh, somebody runs in, slams the door, and says, "They're coming. They're eating us. They're going to tear us all apart. We have to get out of here." And and that's uh, that's pretty much it. And that's the premise. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're they're under siege by these things, and they they eat people, and they occasionally screw, and they're just they're just <laughs> it's wild. Like, it's like two or three minutes long, and they're just yeah, I know. Shit. Just shitting out new kids like left and right. Uh, it stars Henry Henry Rollins, kind of playing against type. Yeah, uh, yeah, is, true. Is, is a business person, which is just bizarre. Yeah, to watch. he's. Is, he, I think he plays like a motivational speaker or something. Yes, yeah. old wannabe. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, kind of. But but white button up shirt, and it just looks silly as hell. And uh, Jason Mewes plays himself. I don't know why. <laughs> he, I think he was just wandering onto set one day, and they're like, "We're going to write a part for you." I think so. I think so. But uh, I mean, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, some of the jokes are pretty pretty lowest common denominator yeah. and kind of hit and miss. Uh, the creatures are pretty cool. Uh, Creature effects are cool. Yeah, good. the effects and gore just it, it gets pretty pretty nuts. It's fun. It's like it's kind of more like early Peter Jackson gore. Uh, yes, most definitely. To a degree, but uh, the cast is fun. Uh, anytime the filmmakers try to interject too much cleverness, it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Yeah, but it, it's it's a it's a nice little ride. It's a cute little film. 
I mean, they didn't have much of a budget. It's all on screen. Uh, it's it's fun. I, I've been meaning to watch it for 10 years. Uh, I think it was at South By back in 06 or 07 maybe. And uh, I've been meaning to watch that thing forever. I just one of those things that sat on the shelf. But uh, I'm glad I watched it. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's an oddball cast. Uh, Clue is great. Uh, oh, he's Clue, wonderful as the bartender. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really makes that. Without him, he kind of pulls that cast together uh, you know, as uneven as they are. But he's he's definitely the anchor to me. He's and really good in it. Um, I like Judah Friedlander. Uh, Frank mm-hmm. from uh, 30 Rock. I think he's yeah. great in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's... I, uh, yeah, I was gonna say I I, I remember uh, vividly like the the deaths in this and how oh they're violent they kill a kid in this movie <laughs> yeah this is one of those movies that I'm gives like gives no fucks it's like uh, it's like the '80s Blob remake uh, yeah it kills kids it doesn't care nope uh, and I'm I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody who wants to watch it but uh, there are some unexpected and yet you know you should totally expect all these people to bite the dust the way they do but yeah uh, yeah I, I I dug it. Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen it in ten years, but I still remember a lot of like the creature effects. So yeah, it sticks with pretty it. cool. Yeah, um, the sequels are fine. I've, I've never, seen those. I have just only heard about them. I don't. I have no Same. idea. No, idea. they're they're okay. Um, the second one's pretty good. Like I actually really like the second one. The third one is kind of like okay, we get it. It's still a feast movie, and it kind of ends with this like Deus Ex Machina that comes out of nowhere and kind of ruins the whole experience. No, that's a shame. But as the movies go on, the budgets get lower and lower. (laughs) And, oh boy, they were released on um, that label, Dimension Extreme, which is basically their straight-to-video department. You know, where where Hellraiser Revelations came from (laughs) with with Chubby Pinhead. That's a movie. (laughs) What a shit show. He has has such delicious treats to show you. That's uh, a funny picture. <laughs> oh my god, so good. Uh, speaking of shit shows, um, oh. oh boy. Okay, so we talked about. Well, Matt and I talked about this. I think off mic on another podcast recording. But you're like, oh, I'm gonna sit down and finally watch the thing remake. Or no, it's not a remake. It's a prequel. It's a pre- it's a pre-make. Uh, pre-make. Oh god. So. I'm like, good luck, Matt, because <laughs> I, I do not have fun. I love Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, but I <laughs> so do I. I am not I can't gonna do watch. It. I'm not. I am not gonna watch that movie. So can't. you suffered, right? Uh, it's for us <laughs> to tell us uh, about this. So tell me, are you? Because I okay. I've heard people say this is okay. Like, but is it okay, Matt? Is it? It's fine. Ugh. It's decent, but it's also very who gives a shit. Exactly. I, I, it's it's just okay. I think that'll be my reaction if I ever see it. Okay, like, who gives a, a shit? Okay, another movie set in the world of the thing with that creature is a great idea. Okay, that the whole concept that's pretty cool. The fact that it's a quote unquote prequel, uh, and honestly, it's only a prequel in like what the director says it is because. They, this movie hits every beat of the original. Um, oh my god, there's a dog. Oh my god, we have to do a test to find out who's the thing. Oh my god, we found the thing. Flamethrowers. Oh no. Um, it takes place in the snow, obviously. Okay, Checking this is boxes. like... just It checks off the boxes, and it's so handcuffed to John Carpenter's film. I mean, we all remember in the, in the original 
not the original, but the first remake of the thing, uh, they find that axe in the wall. You know what I'm talking about? They find an axe like in the wall of like the Norwegian camp. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Joel Edgerton, who's playing basically the MacReady character, MacReady, this MacReady guy kills a thing with an axe, and the axe gets stuck in the wall, and he goes to take it out, and Winstead goes, no, no, leave it. Because it be- she actually says, no, leave it. And she might as well have added, because it needs to be found in the next movie. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. I looked into this. This movie... And I wish uh, someone shared a uh, YouTube video with me. It's yeah. uh, Woodruff's. Uh, he did, you know, all the the practical effects for, uh, you know, Monster Squad, and uh, he did the 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 costumes for Alien Three. Well, he did all the practical effects for this movie that looked awesome. Uh, you can look it up on YouTube. There's like a demo reel of all their work that they did on this movie. This movie would have been great if they had kept those effects. It's like that would have been a saving grace, something you could recommend it for. You could be like, it's not a great movie, but the effects are great. Well, the producers decided that, oh, it looks too hokey or whatever the hell they were thinking. So they just replaced all that work with CGI, really bad CGI, like laughable CGI. Uh, you haven't chuckled until you've seen Mary Elizabeth Winstead get scared of a giant CGI thing lumbering towards her. Uh, it looks terrible. It's just god-awful computer effects, and I'm all for computer effects when done well. This is not done well. Yeah. This is just bad all around. Um, no. I, I, Ab- I remember Absolutely, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this. Yeah, just watch that YouTube thing. And <laughs> there, you saw the pring, the thing prequel. Yeah, I, I, I remember reading about it when it came out, like maybe a year or two after it came out, uh, and people were saying, "Oh, they're you know they shot all this stuff with the practical effects, but like you said, Matt, they re- they replaced it all with CGI. They replaced it, and even like the final. There's a long article I read detailing like how. Like, uh, they had this plan for, like, the final creature. Like, they designed it and everything. It was going to yeah. be all practical. But then they replaced it with... I haven't seen the movie, so I'm, you may corroborate this, Matt. But they replaced it with, like, just a beam of light. Like, a light tower or something. So, no. That, um, so, yes. Yeah, that final creature... Was, uh, a really terrible-looking pixelated, uh, like, cylinder. Yeah, uh, imagine, yeah. imagine the cylinder in uh, Prince of Darkness. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Except blue... And it looks like it's from a Nintendo game, like from the eighties. <laughs> like it's very pixelated. Like it, it looks unfinished. Um, so that was yeah, supposed this, to do it. Yeah, that was supposed yeah. to be like a a creature they called the pilot. It was supposed. To, I, I saw pictures of it. It looks pretty damn. Yeah, cool. I gotta look. I gotta look that up. The um, pilot is yeah, that like the space jockey? Something. It kind of looks like an like a HR Giger alien okay. sort of thing. See, you know. See, this movie is one of those things where, like, they just replace it all with CGI. And I've seen horror movies where they, you know, it's like the industry term, we enhanced it with CGI, where the CGI is pretty minimal. And you can still tell that there were practical effects under underneath there. Uh, a good example is the, uh, the Fright Night remake, where you can tell, you can still see the makeup and the practical effects, but they just... Add the computer effect to make it do something that maybe a human being couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is just, oh wow, you guys did some great work with uh, your CGI, with with your, your practical effects. Um, 
I'm going to take it out and uh, and fuck it up. Okay? All right. See you later, guys. See you at the premiere. <laughs> oh, but like I couldn't imagine like their looks on uh, the effects team faces at at the premiere where they they must have just been so furious when they saw this. Yeah, uh, it's it's a damn shame. Uh, yeah. Disappointing to hear. Like you said, Matt, like there you with this creature, like you can make a legitimately great movie. Like when yes. when, I, when I first saw the thing, the original wall, the John Carpenter's the thing, which I watched this morning, by the way. I needed to get the taste out of this this thing. <laughs> I need to get the prequels taste out of my mouth. So I watched, you know, John Carpenter's masterpiece. Yeah, and uh, I love it. it. It's I I I'm gonna rewatch it again this week because it's great. I love it. Like when I first saw it, like as a teenager, I thought in my head, oh, I could like, you know, like 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 I'm guessing a lot of kids do. I'm sure you guys did it. Like you, you see a movie, you think of like the ideas that can spread from this, like sequels. Exactly. You like, you when you're a kid, you write your own little sequels in your head. Yeah. Uh, like what if the thing like made its way to like a city or something? Like like you could make a movie about that. Why tie yourself down to? A prequel where you have to, like you said, Matt, you have to like run the gamut of like things. Oh my god! Like, yeah, we have to do this. We have to do this. We have to do this. It sounds tiresome. So, it is. It's a damn shame. Uh, uh, but yeah, but revisiting uh, Carpenter's. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Carpenter is on fire here. Uh, him with a massive budget is a beautiful thing to behold. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time that he had a lot of money, and it's all there on the screen. I mean, Rob Bottin. Uh, I've said it on the show before. I'll say it again. I miss him. Uh, oh, God. He just won I, AWOL in the late 90s. I miss uh, him, too. But he is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been doing uh, makeup effects on Game of Thrones recently. Yeah, I saw which, that. Which, hell yes, good for Rob Bottin coming back. Uh, but, I mean, he's the MVP here. Mm-hmm. Runner-up MVP is Dean Cundy. Uh, yeah. His cinematography, those split diopter shots... Uh, they pop. They look real good. Uh, he's always been reliable. He's always been a great cinematographer. And people just look past it. They, they, no one really. He's one of those guys that no one really knows him by name. But if you've seen his movies and someone tells you, oh, this, these were all shot by the same guy, you can see it. I mean, you can see that this guy uh, shot a movie like uh, Jurassic Park. Which, I mean, he's got those, like, very iconic shots that seems that only Dean Cundy, like, he has that eye for. And, well, to, uh, me, to me, he makes Halloween 3. Uh, yes, yes. I mean, if you've, seen, if you've seen work he's done around that, and then you watch that, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say a DP directed a film, but you, <laughs> can't, wa- you can't watch that and, and think that, that Cundy didn't set up most of that and, and put that oh, yeah. together himself. Yeah. Uh, he did great work there. Uh, I honestly really love his work in Psycho 2. I think his compositions there are next level. They're really, really well done, really terrific. Uh, yeah, The Thing. It's awesome. The prequel remake thing. Not so great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody was really shocked by that, though. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not not great, Bob. <laughs> uh, that's Well, I'm glad you took the bullet there, Matt. Yeah, well, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I just sent over oh, that, that article. Thank you so much. Gotcha. Sent over that article that features the pilot. Ew. Yeah, I mean, ew, gross. Imagine <laughs> that at the end versus that you know light cylinder you you were talking about, Matt. That what? I don't even. Yeah, I was like, I'm looking at it in the movie. I'm like, what the fuck is that? If, if you ever, if either of you read it, 
the book. Yes, it, yes, yes. That that picture you just sent over reminds me of what I thought that weird spider-looking thing. Okay, like at the end. Yes, of that, at the end of that. Okay, I, I kind of picture it like that. Oh wow. Uh, but yeah, so that's I mean that that uh, special effects house that we're that uh, we're working on the two thousand one the thing. It, it looks like if you look at the YouTube videos, they were doing like great work. But. Yes, they were doing really great work. I mean, and Woodruff like walked around in a fucking thing suit for nothing. Yeah, he walked around on all fours in a thing suit <laughs> for nothing. It's a it, yeah, it's a damn shame, damn shame. Uh, real quick before we get to David's movie, uh, I'm gonna throw Marcelo a curveball. Okay, you, you watched Life Force. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a reason why I didn't put this on the list. I have no. I have no fucking clue what happened in that movie. <laughs> I need to see it. I need to see it again sober because I need to watch it for the first time. I've never um, seen this. Oh yeah, you do. Like okay, let me 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 try to, you know, recollect what I went through. So, somebody described it as like five movies in one where it just kind of resets like every 20 minutes. So, I had that in mind and I and to me, that's what it was, where you follow, like, a certain, like, this crew uh, in space as they go to this alien ship. So they get these aliens from the ship, and the the aliens make their way down to Earth. Then they start, you know, sucking the life force out of humans, and then it becomes, like, a zombie movie. And mm-hmm. there's, like, a love story in there, I guess, of, like, one of the astronauts falling over with an alien. And there's, like, this this uh, sexy alien lady naked walking around. There's a lot going on <laughs> for for a movie that just seems... I want it. it it's Dude, good. Those, those canon Hooper films, man, they're, they're a lot of fun. Did you uh, watch the long cut or the short cut? I watched the long cut. <laughs> I watched the long cut. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, had, I, I had a ball. Like, I loved the the bombastic score. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that it was, like, at the beginning, at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is this? This is, like, bonanza. Like, this this feels out of place, but also perfect for this crazy-ass movie. So, and the ending, I had to rewind it. I go, wait, what just happened? So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I dug it. I dug it. But I need yeah. to see this. I need to see this. But again, oh, yeah. it's like one of those uh, it's one of those asterisk experiences where I'm like, I liked all the craziness I saw, but I needed to be in like a better state to like <laughs> really appreciate it, I guess. So David, if I when I watch this, what cut do you recommend? Long cut. I'll only okay. watch the long cut. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually writing that down in my notebook. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I bought the after Toby Hooper passed away, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. I bought the uh, Shout Factory release, oh, yeah, and oh, nice. has the theatrical and the longer cut. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll go with longer cut. Why not? And yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, I do not regret it. So it's it's good. Yeah, please watch it, Matt. It's it's yep. it's insane. But it's it looks bonkers. I added it to my Hooptober list this year when uh, when Toby passed. So yeah, yeah, it was that was sad. It uh, it's a damn shame because it's because like Romero passed away and well, that that hit me so hard and then yeah. what like a month later Toby Hooper and that also hit me hard I was like damn it um, like you two- know I mean, my my generation uh, I mean, they they we kind of came of age with the two of them Carpenter and Craven mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Craven. And Carpenter were probably the most popular among kids my age and guys my age at that time. 
But for me, it was always Romero and it was always Hooper. Those were those were my two guys. Uh, I just I Night scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Dawn's been my favorite horror film since I was pretty young. And uh, Hooper, I just liked. And we moved to Texas. I liked him more. Yeah. Uh, when I when I went to Austin and went to the same university he went to, I mean that's it. It meant even more. It became more personal to me. Uh, I loved everything he did after that, even the absolute crap. Uh, Salem's Lot terrified me when I was little, and I just, I just loved. I love uh, that movie. Guys. Those were my two guys. So to lose them so close together, man, that blew. I saw uh, Salem's Lot for the first time uh, like two months ago, and it quickly became one of my favorite vampire movies. I love that thing. Mm-hmm. I tell I tell people, and it's it's a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, it's it's a TV cast, so not yeah. every not everybody works, and every beat works. You could tell where every commercial was. I mean, it's pretty. Easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but but I tell folks whether you like it or not. Barlow coming up out of the kitchen floor, mm-hmm. and that and that kid at the window. You will never get those out of your head ever. It's horrifying. Yeah. And on TV back then, for God's sake. Yeah, I know, right? So people were watching Happy Days. <laughs> 1979, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but no. Uh, damn. Speaking of Toby Hooper, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I'm guessing... David watched it. David watched it. Okay. Yes. That was uh, me. Yeah, but I... Okay, I'll just say, yeah, I, I grew up in Texas, like, and I came to Texas Chainsaw Massacre I kind of late, like, when I was, like, maybe senior in high school. Like, and it's, like, everything, that's, everything that everybody said about that movie is true. Like, it still holds up. I, I, was terrified mm-hmm. of, I was terrified of it back then. I'm even terrified, of, I'm terrified by it now. Uh, it's, it, I think it's, like, one of the best ever. It's so effective. And I need to rewatch it. Like as and I do love the sequel too, but uh, that first one just yeah, hold, it, it holds a special place in my heart because it is just so terrifying. It is still so effective. And, and when I was a kid, you know, there was no no internet, so it was one of those things where you had those batches of kids that said, "Oh, it's true. It happened. It happened." Yeah, it happened. Oh, yeah. And I mean, how do, how do you verify that? Yes, my uncle saw it. My uncle was there. <laughs> exactly, especially in Texas. Like, oh yeah, some yeah, my cousins in there. They know where the house is and all that kind of <laughs> crap, but. Yeah, it's, it just held. Yeah, I think being from Texas, it holds it holds a little bit more. But I mean, it's yeah. it's still. I just watched the uh, the 4K restoration on a big screen. Oh, wow. and, it's gorgeous, uh, man! It, it, it to your point, it holds up really well. Uh, it just has tremendous energy. It's just grotesque. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I, I think he shot in 16, and and just the grain and the grit. Uh, just really adds to that, uh, and kind of kind of the way a lot of folks always go back and credit the success of Jaws to uh, to Verna Fields and to yeah. John Williams, really making that thing happen uh, and making that thing as effective as it is. To me, it's kind of that way with Chainsaw. I think I think Hooper is is a solid director, but uh, their DP Daniel Pearl. I mean, oh, he's amazing. Some, oh my god, there's just some terrifying sequences in there. The way he plays with little shafts of light because that house is pitch black and it's pitch yeah. black through half the film. But just these little slivers of light, either that they're they're cutting through from the outside or just little keys that they're hiding everywhere. Just 
oh man, it just gives you the creeps. You don't know where anything is. You kind of feel the way the kids do in the house that you don't know where you're going. You don't know what could be coming out of somewhere. Yeah. And and then uh, Robert Burns, the guy who did the uh, guy who did the uh, art direction, him and Pearl make that make that thing. I yes, mean, that they house do. is. Ghastly. Uh, the the furniture. Got the chicken they, room. <laughs> the the furniture they built, all that crap on the floor, even the basement. I mean, every square inch of that. The gas station uh, that they dressed. I mean, it's just it, it's been so copied, and, and he's copied himself. You know, yeah. Af- he was pretty sought after after that. He got pulled to do the Howling. He got pulled to do uh, Hills Have Eyes. I uh, and then bunch bunch of B junk like microwave, uh, microwave massacre. But uh, he pretty much kept getting asked, "Hey, do that Texas Chainsaw thing for us." <laughs> but uh, it, but you know that that speaks to how effective that was. I mean, without yeah, damn him, good. without without he did without what he did, uh, it's it's just not the same film. Uh, the sound is just overwhelming at times. It's it's so effective. It really is. And the end is just and it's an open ending, which was kind of becoming a thing uh, going into the seventies. I mean, she gets away. But it's not done, and everybody's alive. Oh, I know. So it's it kind of was at the forefront of what became all these open endings and uh, and horror cinema after that. Which and she's and she's great, uh, Marilyn Burns. Yes, uh, yeah, that, God rest that, her soul too. Those uh, agreed, but those last twenty minutes, uh, I think she gives the best performance in a horror movie I've ever seen. Oh yeah, she and- sells that terror so fucking well. Constantly, there's no let up. It starts at a hundred, and maybe it even goes higher. Goes to 150 for 20 minutes, well, and she does not let up, and it is beautiful. Well, the, the chase where she le- she goes out the window, leaves the house, yes. goes through the field, around the ditch, and then comes all the way around and goes back to the house. Mm. I think there's two cuts in that, maybe. Yeah, it's so, crazy. I mean, she she had some kind of cardio. Good God, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was. I mean, but so did. Gunner, I mean, he was the one toting that damn chainsaw. Yeah, I know. Oof. Yeah, it's and that's just terrifying too. And and but there's these moments he was so, he he doesn't really get talked about as much as he, I think he should. Oh, he's there's masterful those, in this movie. Oh, there's those little quiet moments where he's just he's almost like a dog who's who's ashamed of pissing on the floor. Uh, I love that. The, I- I love the sequence where he first encounters the kids, and then he's like sitting by the window, mm-hmm. and kind of just like having his hand in his face. He's like, "What is happening? Why are these people here? What? I don't get it." Yeah, he sells he just, it. It's great. Yeah, he just, he just it, yeah, he can't process what's around him, and that's hard to do. I mean, his face is covered, and there's not much he could do. It's but all he, in the eyes. <laughs> he gets that across. Oh yeah, he gets that across. And the teeth. That's yeah, a that's a good looking oh, smile. Oh yeah. Oof, oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he would do with that old chomper there. Uh, <laughs> Marcelo, you watched a Texas movie, didn't you? <laughs> For the first time. Uh, let me just say real quick, um, on Toby Hooper, also, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is one of my favorites. Best uh, chili cook-off of all time. I <laughs> love it to death. I bought that Shot Factory release um, earlier this year. I need to open it up Same. and watch it. Oh, it's good. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I heard kids in junior high say "lick my plate, dog dick" <laughs> over and over again. That just became an insult. Lick my plate, dog dick. It was. God damn it! I love that. It's movie. It's a good catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a little surreal watching that movie uh, in Austin on, uh, on the big screen. I think it was this year. I can't remember. My my years are blurring together, but I saw it semi recently. 
Um, and then it was kind of weird watching, then shifting over to this next movie, uh, Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre, The Next Generation. Yes. <laughs> I rented this so many times when I was a kid. Uh, last night I was like... I owned it. <laughs> I was like... All uh, that- oh, go ahead, David. I said, all that star power. <laughs> I know. I, uh, I heard people talking about this, obviously, for years, but like semi-recently I think there was an article or something talking about it and I'm like I've always wanted to see it I need to see it tonight so I hunted it down on the streaming services and I could f- <laughs> the only one I could find that was free was Crackle so I, <laughs> fucking I, Crackle I, Jesus I, I downloaded a Crackle bit the bullet. I hate Crackle it has for those who don't know please do not download it it's a piece of crap but if you really want to you know watch these movies on there you have to watch them with commercials <sighs> It's fine. I, I, I did it for... List, listeners know about my trials with Crackle, and it's a <laughs> fucking nightmare. Uh, but no, like, I had never seen it, and it was weird watching this movie and looking up, because I, I tend to do this, I look up the details on Wikipedia. I'm sure I'll Yeah. Um, yeah, so do I. Of course but no, was. like, they shot uh, some of this uh, kind of down the street from me in Pflugerville. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I live in Round Rock, so it's not that far away. Yeah, hey, Round Rock. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like I can just drive like ten minutes and go to the high school, or go down fifteen minutes and go to that the house, and it's all still there. Uh, you should. <laughs> uh, I think I will because I am. Turn a it into an article. <laughs> <laughs> I am a. I will say I'm a fan of this movie. This movie yes. I'm so happy. Batshit insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was warned. Like when it when it started, I'm like, oh, this is dumb. Like the dialogue was dumb, the characters were dumb. But then when Matthew McConaughey and yes, Matthew McConaughey's in this. If you don't know, Matthew McConaughey, Ro- Renee's robot the leg, leg, robot leg. He's got a robot leg. He's got a robot leg. <laughs> he has a robot leg. When Matthew, I get so giddy. When Matthew McConaughey comes into this movie. And, like, within, like, two minutes, kills, like, a, a, a kid who's, like, knocked out, like, on the ground. Mm-hmm. Then it gets going. Then it becomes, like, madness for the next, like, 85 minutes. <laughs> and, man, uh, I do not blame Matthew McConaughey's agent for trying to bury this after its release. No, uh, but so, no. But hasn't there, have, haven't there been, like, interviews where, like, he's like, yeah, it was a job. Yeah, here's the backstory. Yeah. Right, and then Renee Zellweger's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that movie. <laughs> so they shot this. Uh, it came out in 1997. You know, they it, shot it years before. They shot it like in 94, right? Yeah. And then I think it was Columbia bought the movie, but they put it on the shelf for like three years. Fools. They were waiting for the release of Jerry Maguire. With <laughs> Zellweger, and jerks. They wanted to capitalize on Zellweger's, you know, popularity, and also at that point, uh, McConaughey's popularity. Um, yeah, he was about to do a Time to Kill. Yeah, and yeah. or you know, in when it was on the shelf, Matthew McConaughey's agent was like, "Please do not release this. It's <laughs> just <laughs> please don't. It, just you know, put it like on DVD or something. Or not, put it on a higher shelf, VHS, please, put it like so no one can reach it. Direct to VHS, but no, it got a theatrical <laughs> release. Some people saw this. It wasn't a huge hit. There's a cut. I want to see... I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a cut of it out there that's longer. Uh, because Ooh. when Columbia bought it, they Ooh. cut it down. They took okay. out like, maybe 15 minutes or something. Huh. Uh, but no, the the original cut premiered at South by Southwest like in ni- 1994. And it people loved it. 
when it was released back then. Uh, it's awesome. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I love it. But I can see people not 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 digging this in 1997. Cause I remember renting this as soon as I saw the VHS cover art, which is a uh, it's Leatherface putting on lipstick, but the lipstick is a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's oh man, I rented this immediately. I think I saw this before I saw any of the other Texas movies because I rented this when I was like I don't know twelve. <laughs> I I don't know where I uh when you were watching this Matt I was watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 like uh 2 a.m. like on on I don't know what crazy channel I was watching but no I, I was watching that Texas Chainsaw and not this one so I'm glad I saw this Your your movie has chili mine has this one has pizza <laughs> it's fine McConaughey makes this movie he is Yes he does Saying he is insane is an understatement I don't know what he's on. I don't know what mm-hmm. he's pulling from. He should have won the Oscar for this, honestly. Because <laughs> he just goes for it. And, like, Leatherface is, like, put in a corner, like, literally and figuratively. Like, there's. <laughs> Go not, in the corner. It's not his movie. It's McConaughey. No, it's movie. the McConaughey show. Uh, and it. There's. <laughs> do I even want to. Okay. People listening to this, please take this out. And and watch it all the way through because I'm not going to ruin this because like this sh- shocked because me I had no idea. There's that. There's a what twist. the lore? Yeah, is the, it the lore? The lore at the end. The twist at the end. Uh, I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Why are you tossing this in here? Why are like? Uh, do I even know? Are you are you going to explain it or can I explain it? No, fine, Matt, you explain it. Okay, fun fact: they're not just crazy cannibals. This family, they are agents of the Illuminati. <laughs> Sent, sent, sent to instill fear and terror in the lower classes, uh, run by a man with uh, eight nipples that are connected by chains because lore. Um, I this love this fucking movie. This is how you do lore right. I'm not a huge fan of lore in horror movie sequels, but this is like. No, the best the best kind of lore is when they just throw it in nonchalantly in a later sequel. <laughs> like like in Jason Goes to Hell where it's like, you know what? He's actually he's actually the embodiment of evil and he runs around as a little snake. What? Okay, sure, Creighton Duke, whatever you say. <laughs> uh but uh but yeah, I uh I dug this movie. Love it. I did. I love it. Please. I love it so fucking I, much. I want somebody like cuz there is no Blu-ray of it that I know There's, of. Right? I just a DVD that I have. I have a DVD. Yeah, uh, Arrow or Scream or whoever. Scream Factory, get on this! Come on, they should get the rights, get the extended cut out there, please. This it's always films like that though that get tied up in some kind of weird rights thing where it turns out that like three people have to sign off on it, some kind of bullshit, and they can't agree. You're like, what? It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. How can you not get together on this? Just put it out. Come on, guys. Any money. Yeah, exactly. Um, you guys are making what a dollar in like some bargain bin? Come on, guys, <laughs> just hand over the rights. It's fine. Yeah, give uh, me the rights. <laughs> yes, give Matt Curry on the rights. And I'll he, do it. He can he can print the Blu-rays himself. Yes, <laughs> they will be hand labeled, and it'll be a work of love. Uh, Everyone needs remote, remote control Matthew McConaughey leg. Yeah, uh, an Illuminati chainsaw, and that awesome death with the RV. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God. God, I love this movie. Yeah, it is batshit. It's so crazy. Yeah. Batshit insane. Uh, so hey, there you go. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Now on Crackle. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Crackle. Please don't use Crackle. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. We'll pay you not to download Crackle. No, uh, Jesus. Hey, Dracula. Yes, uh, Dracula Day. Uh, we're going to close out the show with discussion of Dracula. And uh, boy, did I have fun last week. Uh, I had off on Tuesday, so I decided to watch way too many Dracula movies. Uh, I watched one, two, three, four, six Dracula movies uh, in a day. So obviously I started with Todd Browning's Dracula from 1931, which I've seen numerous times. Uh, weird, weird fact about this one. I've said it on the show before. I've only watched it with the Philip Glass score. Hmm. Uh, I love that score. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, it actually makes this movie for me. Uh, I've tried watching it a few times without without this score, and it just doesn't grab me as much. And, uh, hey, it's Dracula, Todd Browning, Bela Lugosi. It's pretty darn good. Then I watched the Spanish version for the first time. That's my favorite. Uh, I didn't like this. No. Uh, it I wish there was a way I could get a time machine and get the people who were behind the camera making this to work on the Lugosi movie because it's far more interesting visually mm-hmm. uh, from a visually, visual standpoint. But I just think it's way too long. It's like an extra 40 minutes on top of the original version. And uh, I don't know. It, just, it dragged for me. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get into it. Uh, have either of you seen the Spanish version? Yeah. Obviously, you have, uh, yeah. Marcelo. I have not seen it, but yeah, I've, uh, there are there are fans of it. I'm surprised you didn't like it, Matt. Me too. I'm, I'm let down. Uh, uh, I'm let down by you. Then I watched Nosferatu uh, from 1922, uh, the Murnau film. I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still creeps me out. Uh, there's some shit in here that uh, I don't even know how they pulled it off. It's just uh, Max Schreck is an extremely creepy human being. And Murnau uses that to full effect. And yeah, th- this movie is really, really scary. Uh, it holds up, uh, Lord knows what, almost 90 years later? 95 years later? Yeah, this is an old movie. Uh, but yeah, holds the fuck up. Really, really good. Uh, you guys have seen this one? Yeah? Oh, yeah. It, the image of him picking up the coffin and carrying uh. it is cre- creepy as hell. Uh, yeah, he's pretty strong. Uh, <laughs> and then I watched uh, 1979's Dracula with uh, Frank Langella, <laughs> uh, which is my second favorite Dracula movie. Uh, I love everything about this. I loved Langella in this. Uh, I love Laurence Olivier as Van Helsing. I think he is fantastic. This movie has a great... Um, in the, a few years ago, uh, the director did a new color timing on it where he basically washed it out. Uh so the reds really pop when the blood is on screen. I love the way this movie looks. Uh, I love John Williams' score. Uh, his Dracula theme is awesome. It's fantastic. Uh, I love Donald Pleasance in it. It's a lot of fun. This movie is very gothic in its look, and I just love it. Then I watched uh, my favorite Dracula movie. I watched uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992. Uh, I love... Gary Oldman in this movie. He's my favorite Dracula. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is my favorite uh, Van Helsing. I love how crazy and unhinged he is throughout it. Uh, When he wants to do an autopsy, uh, they're like, oh my god, you're actually going to do that? He's like, no, I just want to rip her heart out and take off her head. Oh, okay. So nonchalant, the way he just, you know, explains what he wants to do. And then, you know, he's interviewing Winona Ryder, and he's like, let me chug this beer real quick. He's insane in this movie. I love him. I love Gary Oldman. I love the practical effects. I love all the in-camera effects. 
And then I closed out my Dracula day by watching uh, another favorite, uh, Shadow of the Vampire, starring Willem Dafoe and uh, John Malkovich. It's basically a quote-unquote fictionalized story of the making of Nosferatu, because for all we know, Max Schreck really was a vampire. And uh, that's why he was so good in that movie. Willem Dafoe plays Max Schreck. Uh, this is like, th- I think this is the only time he's ever gotten an Oscar nomination, which is crazy because, you know, Willem Dafoe is always good. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, it's one of my favorite vampire movies. It's one of my favorite uh, movies about movies. I uh, I love Shadow of the Vampire. Uh, it used to be on Netflix. Uh, I had to scrounge up a, a DVD that I had from years ago. Uh, yeah, Shadow of the Vampire. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I'm out of breath. <clears throat> he's the only guy that could have played Shrek, too. Oh, he's so good in it. Yeah, uh, really good. But yeah, I'm out of breath. You guys talk. <laughs> uh, I, I I can't believe you didn't end it with uh, Dario Argento's Dracula 3D. Why? It's sitting on it's sitting on my shelf, and I didn't want to end on a downer. I've never seen it. I've heard it's not good, but I'd rather watch this other movie instead. I have not. Uh, have you seen it, David? Nope, I have not. I no. just can't bring myself to do it. I just yeah. pretend that he stopped at a certain point. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's wise. I, I, it's on Shutter. I, I noticed that the other night, and I'm like, oh, this movie existed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I played the trailer and like uh, it's, it's it looks weird, man. Uh, I'll watch it one day. It's on my shelf. I got it as a gift. Rudger <laughs> Hauer plays Van Helsing. Uh, See, that's the only thing interesting about it to me. But yeah, not, I agree. It's yeah. not enough of a pull. Yeah. Uh, weird. Uh, but yes, uh, see that, Matt, and report back. How about that? <laughs> Matt Matt hung up, I think. <laughs> no. <laughs> and with that. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, Dracula's cool, guys. Dracula's cool. He's all right. I love the opticals in Coppola's film, man. Oh, my I, God. Yes. Yeah. Love seeing that stuff. I love, see, I love. There's a great behind-the-scenes featurette on the Blu-ray where they go through all the practical effects and how, yeah. like, one 20-second scene took, like, three days to shoot. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I just I just love the backstory on that where, I mean, mm. I'm, and I'm simplifying it, where basically Coppola said to his effects guy, you know what? Fuck you. You're fired. My kid will do it. Yep. <laughs> they were like, you should do it all with computers. And he's like, yeah, you're fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I love, I love, I love the. There's a cool behind the scenes thing where Coppola brings an old silent camera to the set, and he's explaining it to Gary Oldman. He's like, "So we're going to use one of the original film cameras to do this scene." And the way Gary Oldman's eyes light up, he's like, "Oh, that's so cool! Okay, cool, let's do this." <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a beautiful film. Yeah, I still have never seen it. <clears throat> oh boy. And for listeners who are keeping track, I did watch it on the new 4K disc, and uh, very pretty. I was just going to ask. Highly uh, recommended. Oh boy, this thing is gorgeous. It's it's uh, to me, it's weird that that's a movie that uh, keeps getting remastered. I mean, I'm sure it looks mm-hmm. beautiful. I haven't seen it, right? But is it is it worthy of like all the remastering? Like, hey. You know, uh, well, yeah, that DV- that DVD and that first Blu-ray did not look very good. Okay, now, did, I bought that Cinema series a year or two ago when uh, with yeah, that Fifth Element and Leon, yes, and, uh, yes, yes, and Bram Stoker. It's it's not bad. It was definitely a step up. It's not bad. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's kind of dark. It's it is a little bit grainy. I mean, it's not sharp, but the film's not sharp. No, no, but uh, in 4K they make. Uh, it's a little sharper. Uh, the colors mm-hmm. pop a lot in this version. 
That'd be nice. It's pretty. Awesome. <laughs> Saw that five times in the theater. That was one of that's when I used Damn. to go see things that many times, which <laughs> just can't can't bring myself to anymore. But yeah, it was a that was a five timer back in the day. Wow, five times. Uh, I think the last one I did that I saw that that many times uh, was Baby Driver. I think I saw that four times. Oh wow! Yeah. Last last one for me, I think, might have been Fury Road. I think I saw that like four or five times. Damn, oh, and Force that. Awakens, I saw that like five times. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So my my last five was Dark Knight uh, when they were showing it at okay. IMAX uh, at the Bob Bullock downtown. We used to go oh. like every other every other week, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> hey, what are you guys doing tonight? Uh, Dark Knight. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, buddy of mine, I always joked if they just played it year round there, we probably would have gone. You know, every couple of months, still, yeah. probably still would. No, I, I I would definitely. Uh, I mean, I I, I kind of want Dunkirk to play like nonstop there, as I I, mm-hmm. I go down there and watch it. Yeah. Uh, but hey, yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, that's a good horror movie to end on. Dunkirk, the <laughs> horrors of war. Uh, Dunkirk. <laughs> thank Dunkirk. You, thank you, David, for coming on. Yeah, sure. thank you so much. It's a fun Absolutely. episode. Thanks for having me, guys. Before we go, before we let you go, plugs. Where can the people listening find you online? On Twitter at at L Cinemonster, uh, I'm on Letterboxd at uh, Cinemonster, and right now we're hip deep in Hooptober, so uh, I I don't think anybody can crank out 33 movies in the next 15 days. Maybe Matt can. I don't know. But, I can probably uh, <laughs> do that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's definitely possible. So you can check me out there. And every once in a blue moon. Uh, I post on my blog, which is uh, bring me the head of gdt.com. That is bring me the head of Guillermo del Toro.com. <laughs> nice. Oh, you know, one thing, David, I think we talked about this off mic, but not during the actual episode. Hooptober, real quick for people who don't know, uh, what is Hooptober? Uh, Hooptober is a challenge that I started about four years ago on the film social. Uh, site letterboxed it is it started as a challenge to watch 31 films uh we started on september 15th because we realized people have lives and kids and jobs and things like that but uh i set out some criteria every year uh whether it's to watch seven sequels six films before 1960 uh three dardano sachetti films i put a lot of criteria in there because i use it every year to kind of force people in different directions uh to give them cool. uh, exposure to things they might not normally is i don't know if you guys are on letterbox but the age range there probably skews from 16 to 18 other children to, yes all the way up all the way up to 60 so you know that wide array of people have blind spots all over creation so i try to in a very evil way manipulate people <laughs> into watching different things and i allow them to use more than one criteria for a film because i know that setting forth 31 specific films turns a lot of people off they want to have some freedom kind of like you guys do so Sometimes you can use the criteria to push it down to 20 films if you're clever, and so that gives you 11 freebies to kind of do with as you please. So it's uh, it, it's grown a lot. It was 100 and something the first year I did it, and then about six or eight months later, I thought it was a one-off, and I started getting emails and notes going, "Hey man, when's the next October? What are we awesome. do this October? What are we going to do? Do you have new rules? Is the same rules? What are you going to do? I'm like, all right, I guess I'm doing another one. <laughs> I guess we're doing another one. Yeah. And this year, I think we... I haven't counted since we got near 600, but I think we passed 600 people 
uh, participating this year. So it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, people watch stuff they never would have. They find things they liked that they never would have imagined they liked, and. Uh, it's funny to see how creative people get with it, and some of the strange, strange crap that you used to watch. So, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, uh, I think ever since I heard about it, I'm like, oh, this sounds like great. I love the concept, and I, I, I mentioned this off mic. I'm terrible at keeping up with like a viewing schedule and list, so that's why I never done. I've never done it, but I think next year, if you do it again, and I hope you do, yeah, uh, I, I, think I, I have to. Yeah, I think I will for sure put myself down for it. Because uh, I, I, we're like, what, like a few days to the end of October, I can't fit all those movies in. Um, yeah. Uh, unless... Uh, Not I, with that attitude. <laughs> but, you know, a, a lot of people, and, and I, it's from the sound of it, you guys are the same way. We have watch piles of stuff that we just accumulate oh, yeah. during the year. Yeah. So you could always make some of that stuff fit in there somewhere. That's true, yeah. Uh, but hey, I mean, Matt, you uh, we didn't talk about this, did we? I can't remember, because it's, it's been two hours. Yes. You've seen like 47 movies. 47, 47 horror, horror movies this month. How many more are you going to see? Do you know? Like, <laughs> Are you going to hit like 60? 20 more, maybe? 20? Oh, my God. I'm, uh, hoping to hit, I'm hoping to hit like 65 or something like that. Uh, tell us your final count on the next episode, uh, but before then... Oh, I, oh, I will. But, Good but, Lord. Before then... Your plugs, Matt. Hey, if people want to find out more about you, where can All they right. find you? As usual, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Matt C. You can also find me on Letterboxd under the same name to make sure I'm not lying about what movies I've been watching. And you can find me over at Talk Film Society, where I'm the editor at large. We're doing a lot of good stuff over there. And you can find me as the host of Spielberg 3333. It's the Talk Film Society podcast where we're looking at all 33 films directed by Steven Spielberg over 47 years of making them. And Marcelo makes an appearance as the ombudsman. Yes. Uh, he likes to listen. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. It's it's uh, it's a fun time, David. Like we're on episode what six now. By the time this comes six, out, yeah, maybe yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys going chronologically? Yep. Yeah, chronologically. Like where we just did uh, E.T. and Poltergeist, so that yes. was fun. Um, but uh, hey, my plugs. Listen to those podcasts. Spielberg thirty three thirty three. Uh, I picked the worst title because I can never say it. Um, <laughs> hey, what you watching? This podcast. Listen to our back episodes on Stitcher. We're on Stitcher now. We are. Uh, hopefully yes. by this point, uh, the I've been having problems with like you know our episodes up on Stitcher. Uh, hopefully that's all resolved by now. But go on your Stitcher app. Go on the Stitcher website. Look us up. We're on there. So that's a cool new you know way to listen to us now. Of course, we're on it's iTunes. A way to find us. Yeah. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, listen to all the episodes of all the podcasts we've ever done. Uh, what else? Yeah, Talk From Society. I'm the editor-in-chief. We do good work. Uh, at Marcelo J. Pico on Twitter. That's it. That's it. That's all. I'm going to stop talking. Uh, David, again, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. This was fun. Matt, it's time to close the show with our signature catchphrase. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Keep on watching, and thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> I, I messed that up. It's, yes, you did. Thanks for listening, and keep on watching. It's a bit. It's a bit. All right. Let's <laughs> that, stop.
This has been a Talk Film Society podcast production. Produced by Marcelo Pico and Matt Curione. Go to talkfilmsociety.com for more podcast goodness.